If you want to understand how marketing is changing and how that will affect your brand, you need Future Proof, the podcast from Kantar that tells you how to find growth. Created in conjunction with Side Business School at Oxford University, the Future Proof podcast provides a unique perspective on what truly makes a difference. To understand what's winning in marketing, subscribe to Future Proof, a Kantar podcast now. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. This is Internet Marketing. Hello and welcome to the Internet Marketing Podcast brought to you by Site Visibility. I'm here with James Entre, CEO of Shuffler, and we're going to be discussing delivering effective and efficient presentations. I couldn't be speaking to anyone better. You've literally written the book on presentation management. So your book title is Presentation Management, the new strategy for enterprise content. And so today we're going to be discussing how to create efficient presentations, how to create engaging presentations, and essentially make that whole process of presentations in your business more enjoyable and try and drive more sales and grow your business through using your presentation materials more effectively. But before we get into all of that, do you want to take a moment to introduce yourself and Shuffler and explain what yeah. mission you're on at Shuffler? Yes. Um I'm James Antra. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Shuffler. Shuffler is presentation management. What it effectively is, is, um, how should I say it? Every presentation is a story. Every slide's a scene. If you can shuffle your slides into new stories, you have better storytelling and better communications throughout your enterprise. That's what Shuffler does on a big level. You spoke about efficiency and engagement and things like that. I just want to take a step back and look at the 30,000 view foot of what presentations are and what they mean to communications, because uh, that's where the real value is. I'm not sure if the audience knows who David Ogilvie is, but he was the, the founder, so to speak, of the whole advertising industry. He convinced the corporate world that if you gave him uh, your advertising dollars, your marketing dollars, your sales dollars, you would get better creative, better placement, better marketing, better advertising. And in turn, you can sell more widgets. And um, he created Ogilvy Mather and there's a bunch of other agencies. But what they did is they developed strategies for each medium of communication. They developed strategies for TV, for radio, for billboard, for print, and eventually the web, which was after his time, or internet, which is five mediums of communications. These strategies proved very valuable in that if you think about TV, they created one strategy around, let's say, the Super Bowl. And that strategy was you get a Hollywood, uh, a Hollywood star in an exotic location with a funny script and a great director. And you put that on the Super Bowl and you can sell more widgets. They've done it for 50, 60 years to the point where 15 seconds is worth $5 million. (laughs) 
that's a strategy for communications. That's a strategy for a medium of communications. If you noticed, I said TV, radio, billboards, print, and the web, the one medium of communications that's been left out of that is presentations. And presentations have been critical throughout mankind since writing on cave walls to stained glass in, in places of worship were essentially slides that people walked by one after another to see the different scenes so that the audience can learn about what they're, what they're putting out there. Nowadays, we're understanding that presentations are much more valuable in communication than they ever have been. A little bit about my background. I guess I'm a little windy here, but I've been involved in presentations since the early 90s doing CD-ROMs. I've done uh, work for NBC The Olympics in Epcot Center, in uh, for Mercedes-Benz, British Airways, the biggest companies in the world. And along the way, it was a great consulting business, and we did wonderful stuff, great graphics, vision, all that stuff, went through everything that went into it. But it came a point where managing slides and managing the communications on a global enterprise was as valuable as any one presentation itself. And because of that, Shuffler was made to manage your content as presentations. That's interesting. And in, in that intro there to yourself, there's a couple of things that strike me. The first is you're completely right in that. So we talk a lot on this podcast about the mediums that you discuss, radio, TV, web, but it's very rare that we do discuss the medium of presentations. I guess I don't see it in my mind as a marketing medium, but it is, as you've described, as, um, whether you're giving internal presentations, external presentations, you are marketing a message or conferences, webinars. And so I'm interested to know, you talked a little bit there about your experience and how that triggered the start of Shuffler. But were you inspired by any particular presenters or presentations in your early career that led to Shuffler and really inspired you to really double down in this area, in this niche? Well, there was, there was a moment where we were doing work for NBC and they were discussing the sponsorship for the Olympics. And they were discussing what's the difference between a billion dollar commitment from Coca-Cola versus a $2 billion commitment for Coca-Cola. And the difference was, did they turn the presentation into an emotional presentation versus an analytical presentation? Did they show the moment when a young Carrie Strug ran over the, the horse and flipped and broke her ankle and, and nearly didn't make it, but got a perfect 10? and then marched up there and did it a second time, and then fell to her feet. It was an emotional moment. But by them using that moment, it changed the mood of the presentation. And it changed the commitment from the sponsorship as to what they felt they were getting out of it. It wasn't just 100 million eyeballs watching at one moment. It was an emotional moment in time that they are wrapped around that people will remember forever. But fundamentally it changed the value of how much was being committed to those advertising dollars. So it's fair to say then that you were inspired for two reasons, really. One is your personal experience of how presentations had been maybe inefficient or ineffective, and you'd seen that in your previous and early career. But then also you'd been there and you'd seen the power of presentations and how that can transform an emotional moment. Right, okay. That's really interesting. And it's something I haven't really thought too much about. But again, you're, you're completely right in that Sometimes as a marketer and particularly online marketers, I know I'm sometimes far removed from the emotional element. I'm in data or I'm in tactics and 
I'm not one to one with someone on the other end. And so it's rare that sometimes I get those moments to influence, inspire or engage. Although I do get that kind of same ability and that same format or medium or platform on a podcast, which is one of the reasons I love doing this. Um, so I guess throughout your journey, then you must have seen, uh, before we go into effectiveness and efficiencies and you providing tips, you must have seen the full spectrum of really good and really, really bad presentations. Are there any that stand out to you as kind of the most impressive presentations that you've seen that you've come away from thinking, wow, that was a moment that I'll really remember? Generally, they're ones with less words on the screen and more thinking about what you see. Um, how should I say? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it more into today's society. Think of a meme. A meme is nothing more than a slide that causes you to think, that causes you, whether it's to laugh or to cause a, a divergence of thoughts like, oh, my God, they're saying this but doing this or whatever it is. If your company had a bunch of slides that were essentially memes that talked about the problems of your business, you could put that slide on the screen or on a shared you know, monitor like we are right here and uh, cause a discussion about the product, service, the problem, and what's going on. And in turn, the client basically talks themselves into your solution. I don't know if that makes total sense, but... I'm going to take a step back further if I, if I could here. Yeah, if you had one presentation with 200 slides that told your whole company story, who you are, what you do, how you do it, about us, your locations, your products and services, and you sat down and gave it to one person, they would know everything about your company. But the reality is you're only going to show five, eight, seven, ten 10 slides in a row. Wouldn't you want to have the best story of your whole company and let your users just pick and choose, drag and drop, and recreate those scenes, which are slides, into a new story, which is compliant, up-to-date, and gives them the ability to use that presentation. It sounds like you think that those emotional moments can be created by a less-is-more approach to both visual and and verbal engagement through presentation. And there's a a balance of that. Mm. You do want to state the facts and not overlook it as if you're trying to hide something. But you want the audience's thought to bring them to the conclusion themselves. And many times, unless they're geeky like me, the analytics can get washed over by the emotion. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll look sense. at the analytics and get stuck on it, but that's just me. I understand that. <laughs> Uh, okay, so I want to move into really the efficiency part. I guess this yeah. ties in with effect- effectiveness and engagement as well. But before you even get into a presentation environment, whether that's internal, external, on a stage, what are some of the things that people can do pre-presentation to ensure that a presentation goes well? So th- these can be tips or advice that you've seen on the practical front or um, from a from an actual engagement perspective, speaking, or from an organizational front. So just getting organized and telling people what to expect. I'll go to my expertise here, which is organizational, mm-hmm. in that I see corporate storytelling as a, a structured item, meaning about us, what we do, how we do it. And when you've organized your marketing materials, your sales materials, your presentations in such a way that your users are able to find them, 
it makes it very easy to repurpose or reuse a slide in a new presentation. One of the biggest problems out there is when someone gets the task of you have a presentation Tuesday, the first thing it is, is you start opening up your folders and it's marketing V3, marketing V5. You look at Mm -hmm. five different presentations, you open closes, you finally select one and save it as something else and start copying and pasting. Quite frankly, that's very inefficient. In a organized environment, you would have brought all them into one place and you would easily be able to search and find those slides as if they're items in your Amazon shopping cart and just put them into the shopping cart. And we call it a slide tray and shuffler. And you can bring down five, eight slides, 10 slides. If I knew I was going to be speaking to you today, I might bring a slide on the UK. And suddenly on the, during the presentation, you say, nope, we're actually in Singapore and my company might have a slide on that. In this environment, you would easily be able to, uh, access that new slide and purpose it during the meeting. It kind of leads nicely into presentation strategy, which is kind of roughly what you're talking about there. The pre-preparation to know what you're talking about and why. I think I think about this more from an internal or sales perspective is it can get quite robotic, as you've just said there. You have your set of sales slides and it's very easy in a marketing environment to get into the routine of just knowing what you're going to say without approaching it strategically. So approaching it more tactically. And so on that note, I've seen presentation strategy as a phrase that's detailed in the book and on your website. And it's very rare, as I mentioned in the intro, that I think about uh, strategic presentations. So can you maybe break down what presentation strategy is for me and maybe bring it to life for our listeners? What should people be considering? When you think of presentation strategy, think of storytelling. How would you tell the story of your company from the beginning to founding, to your executives, to your locations, to your products and services, to your training, to your, you know, locations, your assets, your printing presses, whatever it is. And uh, then you have case studies. And I bet you there are slides and videos and marketing material on all of that information. Um, If you bring it all into one folder, you can weed through the garbage and give yourself an organized structure to tell your corporate story. Once this is done, everyone now has a slide library to pull from, and everyone is pulling from the same library of slides. Therefore, the message becomes consistent, compliant, and can cascade out through your whole organization very quickly and efficiently. I've seen in, I think I remember reading on. I think it was in your book actually about the this view that most presentations in a lot of business are undervalued. So you're from it seems like you're from the school of thought that a lot of a lot of businesses and business owners and are sitting on value that they don't even realize Big is time. there. Do you think that's true of most businesses that you come across? 100%. Most companies don't even realize they can manage their presentations and get an effective communication uh medium out of them. Quite frankly, um they think about managing everything, but they don't understand the value they have right here. Let's, let's just take a step back and look at the marketing funnel. When someone's looking at any product or service, they go online, they hear what people say in chat rooms about the product, then they go look at the ads, they know the ad is the perspective of the product, so they're trying to sell you, then they go to the website, and they get, as they go down that, that funnel to the website, and they get closer, 
it comes to a point where they reach out to your company and actually engage the person to see if you're going to choose you or not. And I can tell you that if I'm sitting here doing a presentation and you don't trust what I'm saying, but you think my billboard is great over my shoulder, you still don't buy my product. The presentation at that moment is that last moment of credibility, that last moment that I know you are someone I want to put my uh, trust in and go with this product. And that value set at that moment is really critical. And I think it's undervalued because right after that is where people move into your product and start using it. And um, quite frankly, when you're, pardon the phrase, I don't think we ever do this anymore, but when you're belly to belly with the client, that's the best moment of, that's the moment of when you actually, you know, close the deal. And that's generally a presentation. And by the way, presentations aren't just PowerPoints. When, when you look at a web page, that's a presentation based on your company. So th- there are going to be listeners like me, because a lot of what you're saying resonates with me. Um, aside from the podcasting, I'm a managing director of a marketing agency. And so I see all of the inefficiencies that you're talking about today of a new pitch comes up or a new type of presentation comes up for a client. And it feels like everyone's starting from scratch or near scratch or pulling to, you know, someone will say, mm-hmm. oh, here's that. Sl- um, you can use that slide for this presentation. Just go back a year ago and find this this presentation that I put together and it's very clunky and that can cause things like it can cause inefficiency. It can cause frustration and it just doesn't feel like the most seamless way to do things. But even for someone worse, like it, me, uh, yeah, sorry, go on. I was going to say, and even worse, it, it causes miscommunication. Mm, you're definitely right. It can too. And, and all of that for me just leads to unnecessary frustration. And I guess I'm sitting here thinking for someone like me and listeners like me that are either business owners, marketers, just managing a team, and they know that they're sitting on all of this, this, these valued documents, a lot of things that can be organized. Where do they start? So, of course, there are products, um, you know, that's, a, that's kind mm-hmm. of a plug for Shuffler and what you're all about. But what else needs to be in place, whether that's skills, characteristics, or leadership to make presentations more valuable? Um, it takes a little will to do something that no one else has done and no one has told you that it's valued to do. Quite frankly, here, I'll go through a basic process of what's going on with a couple analogies. You're the person in a company that everyone comes to because you're good at presentations. You always help them. It always looks good. But for some reason, now 20 people are coming to you all the time and you're overwhelmed and you're using the same slides over and over again. You're hunting and pasting and no one else knows it but you. In this environment, what we do is we don't go for the one-off you know, presentation like that. It's not a fire drill for Thursday afternoon's presentation. It is we take your last 60 days of presentations, 90 days of presentations, drag them into Shuffler. Shuffler puts them in a working folder. One of the key things with Shuffler and the reason why we call enterprise content management is every file is formatted to present. That means you see all the slides. You don't have to open the files. They're already formatted, full screen, ready to go. So if you just drag all of your stuff up there, suddenly you're going to see maybe 5,000 slides that you've made. And then you realize you have 22 duplicates of your executive bio slide. And you know your executive is named Bob, and you type in Bob, And you see 22 slides that have Bob. And suddenly you see the one you like, you drag it into your tray and say, that's going to be our leadership slide. And then you save it into your published library. 
And then you go to your presentation that was the great product presentation about your printing mill. You bring that in as is because it's ready, and you put that into your products area. You have case studies that are in PDFs and some videos. You place them into this corporate structure so that people can then weed through the slides. I view it as people hate to be told to clean their room, right? But we want a clean room, but you hate to be told it. But (laughs) if, you know, and you don't want to do it. In this case, you have a mess of slides. They're a mess. If I came to you and said, clean up your slides, it's the equivalent of telling you to clean your room. You're like, great, another task. I don't need it. I'd love to have a clean room, but great. What we do is just drag it all into one place. Now, go into your room. I see five pairs of pants on the floor. Pick out your favorite pair of plants. Bring it out here and let's put it into one area. Let's go and pick a shirt. Let's go, look, you have three clocks. Let's get the one that's right. And you leave all the garbage behind. And what happens is you put these new slides into a published, organized structure slide library that is now available to everyone out in your system. Those people out there, instead of calling you, they now go to the library, they drag down six, eight, 10 slides, and they are 95% of the way to their presentation. It's compliant, it's up to date, it looks right. And all they need to do is add an agenda slide or a few bullets that, that might you know, be relevant to that meeting or a, a, a title or an exit or whatever it might be, and they're out the door. And uh, that one instance can save hours and hours on every single presentation done in your organization. To make it easy for small companies and people to do it, Shuffler is free for under 10 users. So you can start using it, get it going, see how presentation management works, manage it. If you're a small company, then go get with it. But you know, you get to 10, 10 users, suddenly you're like, well, it's worth $15 a user. Because if you have... 10 salespeople using it, and you're managing communications, $150 isn't a, a big deal at that point. I will point out the bulk of our business is enterprise clients, very big companies with global reaches that the value equation is a consistency of brand, consistency of message across all presentations in all business lines in every global city. And after you've used the system for six, eight, 10 months, you now have business intelligence of who said what to whom, when, and where. Your best salespeople always talk about the future and the benefits of the slides. Your worst salespeople never talk about uh, that. They always talk about the founding of the company. It will be very easy to show that data and say, you know, you guys, let's all talk about the benefits because it makes a big difference. That's what Shuffler is all about. It's Think of it this way. If you could... Take your best slot, best decks and shuffle them into a new new hand, a new winning hand to tell your message. That's what Shuffler is. A presentation is a deck. A slide is a scene. Let's shuffle those scenes into new stories and help our people tell the messages about your company and make it work. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. 
We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. There's loads that I love about what you said. I love the comparison to cleaning your room and the, the leadership and will involved in doing that. No one likes to, well, I like cleaning. So maybe I'm an anomaly. I like, I don't <laughs> like to be told to clean my room, but I do like being clean and I like things well organized. Um, but the interesting, as you were talking, I was thinking about, I've worked in marketing a long time. I've experienced many sales and marketing relationships and I've been on the receiving ends of as a marketer, particularly salespeople in marketing type roles. Salespeople want efficient ways to approach presentations. And I know that marketers get sick of salespeople asking them for, you know, presentation material. And that could cause a little breakdown and difficulty in communication between sales and marketing. You know, everyone wants to achieve the same thing. People want efficient, engaging presentations, but the marketer doesn't want to be constantly pestered to be, to remind the salesperson of, the, you know, the best presentations they've produced or presentations that fit a certain criteria. And likewise, the salespeople probably get frustrated because they want everything in one place. So one real standout benefit that came to mind as you were talking from a marketing angle is that sales and marketing relationship and how that can become more efficient through the use of something like Shuffler. So thanks for talking that part through. I wanted to move on to, we've we've spoken a lot there about organization and the kind of preparation aspects of presentation. But of course, as I alluded to earlier, I imagine you've seen so many presentations so I want to talk about the effectiveness part, the engaging part of presentations. And I'm really interested to know, you touched on less is more earlier, but are there any principles related to presentations that you think are truly impactful and particularly in context of 2021 and the fact that presentations, although some of the principles re- re- may have remained the same over decades, I imagine there's some changing behaviors related to presentations that are interesting for you as well well i hear what you're saying i think some one of the biggest change that's happening for with presentations right now is that presentations have always forced conversation in the past i planned on talking about slide one to slide two to slide three don't ask me a question about slide 10 because we'll get there and it forced the conversation In today's world, presentations follow the conversation. We get into a conversation, and I'll use an anecdote outside of it, and then I'll bring it back to the slide library, is if if I was talking to you at a a dinner party and you said, you know, 
I've traveled to Paris in the past two months and I'm looking for, or I'm looking forward to traveling to Paris. And as soon as you say that, I think, gosh, I was in Paris with my family just three months ago. I'm pulling out my phone, scrolling through my pictures, and I pull up the picture of my wife and I in front of the Eiffel Tower and I show it to you. And you're like, oh, I'm excited to be there as well. You just witnessed a moment where a presentation followed the conversation. If your slide, if your picture album on your phone were as well known as your slide library, which is a published library of slides, when you're in a client conversation and the client says, wow, we have a printing, we have a, an office in Paris as well. You can say, oh, I have a slide on that. Quickly bring it up and say, yes, we have 200 people in a printing press and a, you know, whatever the, the profession is. At that point is where the real dialogue and the connection is made. So to sum it up, I think presentations are now following the conversation where in the past they used to force the conversation. That's really interesting. It actually leads me nicely onto one of the questions I wanted to ask you about technology use. And I don't really know. You talked about PowerPoints earlier and how not all presentations, you know, people typically think of presentations as PowerPoint. Um, and you were explaining how it can be more than that. And it can be a combination of formats or mediums. But on the technology front, are there any exciting ways in which you've seen new technology used as part of an engagement tactic during presentations? Oh my gosh. If you, if you think that everything that's come down from Zoom and online to the fact that we're doing this presentation, each one of us from, from a, 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 not a business location, but a personal location, that's a major upheaval in the past. You know what I mean? Who could have predicted all of that? I find presentations are more, how should we say, uh, colloquial, meaning, and that might not be the right word, but meaning we're having a conversation and the presentation or the visual component should just fit into it. We're a visual crew nowadays. We're visual people. Everyone adds visuals to everything they do. Um, if you think about it, a TikTok video is a 10-second video presentation that's meant to cause emotional change or cause you to, to go, wow, I want to see it again. Every one of the YouTube stars is a form of a presentation. They're doing it their way. And who would have known how many things are popular and weren't? It's interesting the way that it seems like you look through the lens of things as a presentation. I find that quite fascinating. What I'm curious about is I wonder that to be a great presenter, do you think that you also have to have really good observational skills? You need some emotional skills to read people in your audience. I'm not going to rehash all the strategies people have put for speaking and presenting and, and gauging a moment and capturing the time and making it this. My feeling is this is very, per this is my personal way is that if you can put the smallest amount of information on a slide to allow your audience to start thinking about about the issue that you want to get out there that will lead the audience to the conclusion they're they're looking for and then you can repeat it back to them i believe in waiting for the audience to fully digest what you're putting forth and letting them repeat it back to you whether verbally whether through you know other cues like nodding and stuff to get by because I find that when someone comes to the decision in their own mental cognitive way, they believe it with more conviction. They understand it and they're willing to make a, a step towards that into their own belief. 
most of the time, if you're telling someone something, it's very hard for them to integrate what you're telling them as their own belief. There are two things that come to mind for me. It, it sounds like you're a big believer in letting silence talk. And I was thinking about how in a lot of modern presentations and particularly conferences that I go to, there aren't many moments where you allow the information to sit with uh, the audience. So people um, that I'm thinking, and I am generalizing, is that the, the majority of conferences or particularly virtual talks that I go to, they're very rapid, which ties in with this school of thought that attention spans are declining. And so we need to keep, keep people constantly engaged. But I also think that there's a role for silence, as you've just said, in letting a point sit with someone for a while and letting people come to their own conclusions as a form of engagement. But just on the point about presentation lengths and that attention span point, do you generally think that modern presentations and particularly engaging and memorable presentations are shorter than longer? Or is that too much of a general? I would say shorter. While we want to explain everything in long form, I would use the example of real life media where Twitter limited it down to characters, TikTok put it limited the video down to time. And that's what blows up to the top in a means of communication in the written form and the video form. I think that speaks for itself. Uh, it's funny because it ties back in with what you were saying earlier in that I've been really fascinated by the growth of memes and ha- memes as just a form of communication. Like there's so much that you can tell about a person or someone's opinions from just the memes that they share or just a story and the way a story is summarized in a meme. And it really just go and taking the conversation full circle, it goes back to what you were saying at the beginning, just, um, you know, really basic caveman drawings and the articulating a story just through a single picture. Really, that's just what we've come back to with memes. It's just the, the succinctness of communicating a story through one piece of visual imagery, which I find that's fascinating. Right. Well, that, well, that's, that's the true art form of entrepreneurship, marketing, and sales is summing up the problem and solution in one simple context. How can I say? I'm, I'm looking at my kitchen right here. So here, <laughs> if we were at a plumbing convention and I were to put a slide up there, I'd put a, put a slide up there with an elbow of the pipe underneath the sink dripping, and I'd let the noise drip, 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 drip. And I'd look at everybody and I said, do you hear that? And they say, what? The dripping thing. I would say, that's your cash register ringing. And that would be my whole presentation <laughs> to the plumbers. <laughs> and they would go, oh, think about that. That's the pipes broken. That's where I have to work. That's how I make my money. That's where I help the people. That's where my product is. That sound of the dripping pipe, which drives people nuts. If you've ever gone to sleep with a dripping thing. To you is music. It's your cash register. It feeds your family. That's a meme. So you talked a little bit about engagements and in-presentation techniques there, but then post-presentation. So to make something memorable and then to improve the feedback loop, can you maybe speak on your best practice advice to anyone listening about how they can take feedback post-presentation and then use that to improve their future presentations and also feel free to describe any functionality of shuffler that maybe allows people to do that. Well, I was, thank you for that offer. Um, I was going to bring up that whole component of the feedback loop is that every Mm. slide or every PowerPoint is just an album of slides. It has 10 slides in it, but every slide has social media attached to it. Meaning not that you post it on Facebook or something. Meaning if you're a salesperson and you see a slide and international is spelled wrong, you can quickly type underneath it, international spelled wrong, 
hit save and the marketing person who uploaded that presentation goes, oh gosh, I did spell international wrong. Right, right. <laughs> they can upload it. And if 20 other people had used that slide and not known that it, not recognized that it was spelled right, they would get a message saying, hey, slide 22 has international spells wrong. Do you want your presentation updated? And in turn, everyone's on the right page. It's a simple thing, but that simple thing is what used to be a big problem between sales and marketing. Now that's a simple correction and they feel good about it. And it happens in, in an hour because it's as fast as commenting on your, your post on a Facebook, on a social page. Are you a fan of presenters asking for feedback during presentations? It's a style. Mm. Um, I believe you need feedback. I'm per someone who wants feedback because I don't want to go on like a drone and not know, miss my audience. But, um, there's a certain dual edge to it because if you can't control the feedback, your audience can derail where you're going. Mm, that's true. Yeah. It takes a, a certain skill to, to, to go into that, that type of component. Personally, I love feedback. I like hearing the dialogue. I want to get it going. And um, the wisdom of doing this a long time is when to wrap everyone up and move them to the next stage, <laughs> next topic, and not let it get out of control. Well, in a perfect transition, I'm going to give you some feedback and say thanks so much for your time in today's episode. I think that's been a really interesting insight to someone that looks at presentations in such a way. And it's get, definitely given me food for thought for how presentations can be viewed and approached. But before I let you go, do you want to let our listeners know where they can find you if they want to extend the conversation and find out more about Shuffler and your, mm -hmm. your book? That'd be great. Um, you can reach me at Shuffler, S-H-U-F-F-L-R-R.com. I am James. I'm the CEO. If you go to the site, you can learn presentation management. We will help you uh, organize all that mess of slides and put it into a nice structure so that you can get out the door with a corporate story that is compelling, consistent, and has a nice feedback loop to make it better going forward. You will move into the world of publishing slides versus consuming slides. And that's Shuffler, and it's a, a great way to make, make your marketing dollars go, go farther. I feel like I, I really wanted to end the podcast by saying, and now go clean your room because that is the, <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Your, your presentations are mess. Go clean your room. <laughs> but I won't. Uh, well, maybe I'll keep that in. And, um, but what I will take away is your message and that no one likes to be told to clean their room. So we'll gently encourage you to go check out Shuffler. Think about your presentation efficiency and effectiveness, uh, effectiveness, and just know that there's a different way and uh, a way that might be more engaging and more fun. For now, I just That'd say, James, thank you, thank you so much for your time today, and this has been the Internet Marketing. Podcast. That could even be part of your title of the the podcast. <laughs> Go clean your room. Your presentations <laughs> are a mess. Yeah, yeah. that's Maybe up I'll to you. That. Just a thought. <laughs> <laughs> If you want to understand how marketing is changing and how that will affect your brand, you need Future Proof, the podcast from Kantar that tells you how to find growth. 
Created in conjunction with Side Business School at Oxford University, the Future Proof podcast provides a unique perspective on what truly makes a difference. To understand what's winning in marketing, subscribe to Future Proof, a Kantar podcast now. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK.